0: section four of history of henry the fourth king of france and navarre by john stephens cabot abbot this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela Nagami. chapter two civil war part one while france was thus deluged with the blood of a civil war young henry was busily pursuing his studies in college he could have had but little affection for his father for the stern soldier had passed most of his days in the tented field, and his son had hardly known him. From his mother he had long been separated, but he cherished her memory with affectionate regard, and his predilections strongly inclined him toward the faith which he knew that she so warmly espoused. It was, however, in its political aspects that Henry mainly contemplated the question, He regarded the two sects merely as two political parties struggling for power for some time he did not venture to commit himself openly but availing himself of the privilege of his youth carefully studied the principles and the prospects of the contending factions patiently waiting for the time to come in which he should introduce his strong arm into the conflict each party aware that his parents had espoused opposite sides and regarding him as an invaluable accession to either cause adopted all possible allurements to win his favour catherine as unprincipled as she was ambitious invited him to court lavished upon him with queenly profusion caresses and flattery and enticed him with all those blandishments which might most effectually enthral the impassioned spirit of youth voluptuousness gilded with its most dazzling and deceitful enchantments was studiously presented to his eye the queen was all love and complaisance she received him to her cabinet council she affected to regard him as her chief confidant she had already formed the design of perfidiously throwing the protestants off their guard by professions of friendship and then by indiscriminate massacre of obliterating from the kingdom every vestige of the reformed faith the great mass of the people being catholics she thought that by a simultaneous uprising all over the kingdom the protestants might be so generally destroyed that not enough would be left to cause her any serious embarrassments for many reasons catharine wished to save henry from the doom impending over his friends if she could by any means win him to her side she held many interviews with the highest ecclesiastics upon the subject of the contemplated massacre at one time when she was urging the expediency of sparing some few protestant nobles who had been her personal friends henry overheard the significant reply from the duke of alva the head of a salmon is worth a hundred frogs the young prince meditated deeply upon the impact of those words surmising their significance and alarmed for the safety of his mother he dispatched a trusty messenger to communicate to her his suspicions his mind was now thoroughly aroused to vigilance to careful and hourly scrutiny of the plots and counterplots which were ever forming around him while others of his age were absorbed in the pleasures of licentiousness and gaming to which that corrupt court was abandoned henry though he had not escaped unspotted from the contamination which surrounded him displayed by the dignity of his demeanour and the elevation of his character those extraordinary qualities which so remarkably distinguished him in future life and which indicated even then that he was born to command one of the grandees of the spanish court the duke of medina after meeting him incidentally but for a few moments remarked it appears to me that this young prince is either an emperor or is destined soon to become one henry was very punctilious in regard to etiquette and would allow no one to treat him without due respect or to deprive him of the position to which he was entitled by his rank jeanne d'albret the queen of navarre was now considered the most illustrious leader of the protestant party catherine the better to disguise her infamous designs went with henry in great splendour to make a friendly visit to his mother in the little protestant court of Bayonne catherine insidiously lavished upon jeanne d'albret the warmest congratulations and the most winning smiles and omitted no courtly blandishments which could disarm the suspicions and win the confidence of the protestant queen the situation of jeanne in her feeble dominion was extremely embarrassing the pope in consequence of her alleged heresy had issued against her the bull of excommunication declaring her incapable of reigning forbidding all good catholics by the peril of their own salvation from obeying any of her commands as her own subjects were almost all protestants she was in no danger of any insurrection on their part but this decree in that age of superstition and profligacy invited each neighbouring power to seize upon her territory the only safety of the queen consisted in the mutual jealousies of the rival kingdoms of france and spain neither of them being willing that the other should receive such an accession to its political importance the queen of navarre was not at all shaken in her faith or influenced to change her measures by the visit of the french queen to her capital she regarded however with much solicitude the ascendancy which it appeared to her Catherine was obtaining over the mind of her son Catherine caressed and flattered the young prince of navarre in every possible way all her blandishments were exerted to obtain a commanding influence over his mind she endeavoured unceasingly to lure him to indulgence in all forbidden pleasure and especially to crowd upon his youthful and ardent passions all the temptations which yielding female beauty could present after the visit of a few weeks during which the little court of navarre had witnessed an importation of profligacy unknown before the queen of france with henry and with her voluptuous train returned again to paris jeanne d'albret had seen enough of the blandishments of vice to excite her deepest maternal solicitude in view of the peril of her son she earnestly urged his return to navarre but catherine continually threw such chains of influence around him that he could not escape at last jeanne resolved under the pretence of returning the visit of catherine to go herself to the court of france and try to recover henry with a small but illustrious retinue embellished with great elegance of manners and purity of life she arrived in paris the queen of france received her with every possible mark of respect and affection and lavished upon her entertainments and fetes and gorgeous spectacles until the queen of navarre was almost bewildered whenever jeanne proposed to return to her kingdom there was some very special celebration appointed from which jeanne could not without extreme rudeness break away thus again and again was jeanne frustrated in her endeavours to leave paris until she found to her surprise and chagrin that both she and her son were prisoners detained in captivity by bonds of the most provoking politeness catherine managed so adroitly that jeanne could not enter any complaints for the shackles which were thrown around her were those of ostensibly the most excessive kindness and the most unbounding love it was of no avail to provoke a quarrel for the queen of navarre was powerless in the heart of france at last she resolved to effect by stratagem that which she could not accomplish openly one day a large party had gone out upon a hunting excursion the queen of navarre made arrangements with her son and a few of the most energetic and trustworthy gentlemen of her court to separate themselves as it were accidentally when in the eagerness of the chase from the rest of the company and to meet at an appointed place of rendezvous the little band thus assembled turned the heads of their horses toward navarre they drove with the utmost speed day and night furnishing themselves with fresh relays of horses and rested not till the clatter of iron hoofs of the steeds were heard among the mountains of navarre jeanne left a very polite note upon her table in the palace of st cloud thanking queen catherine for all her kindness and praying her to excuse the liberty she had taken in avoiding the pain of words of adieu catherine was exceedingly annoyed at their escape but perceiving that it was not in her power to overtake the fugitives she submitted with as good a grace as possible and, of section 4.